Welcome to another Mind Body Story, the podcast that explores the connection between your mind and body and inspires you to embrace your authentic self. Whether you're seeking healing, personal growth, or a new perspective, you're in the right place. I'm your host, Anna Stefan, also known as the Aligned Body Coach, and I'm so excited to be your guide here. Join me as we connect with educators, mentors, and everyday people who have discovered the healing power of movement, meditation, or self-awareness. Get ready to feel connected and inspired. In today's episode, I'm chatting with Lisa Castle, and we are chatting about how one session of psychotherapy just completely changed her life and her career. So she went from working in finance to becoming a psychotherapist herself and a yoga teacher. Let's get into it. Hi, Lisa. Thank you so much for joining me today. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. Thank you, Anna, for having me here today. Such an honor. And it's my first ever podcast. So yeah, thank you for the opportunity. Oh, exciting. And I know you want to have a podcast yourself soon. So um, I think this is amazing experience. And um, I was telling you before we started recording this, that it's such a learning progress that it takes time to get it right and go ahead and do it, even if it doesn't feel like it's perfect at the beginning. It gets better and better. Yes, totally, totally. And it's so inspiring seeing you do this. And it just gives me this another little kick to actually start my own one because, yeah, it's been a thought in making for a while now. And I, I feel like I've got a lot to share. And also there's so many people that I really want to ask like lots of questions. And I think I want to really get into it. So, yeah, thanks for the inspiration. Exactly. That, that, that's why I started. I just wanted to have these conversations uh, with my peers, with people I know, and oh, we'll get straight into it. Um, just tell us a little bit about you, what you do, uh, where you're based, um, just something simple about you. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I am uh, natively from Russia, but I've been living abroad now for 10 years. I moved to London and I moved to Dublin, and I've been working in finance for a while, but at the moment I teach yoga. And I do psychotherapy. I'm a psychotherapy consultant as well. And it's all very new to me in terms of making it a career because I started in both of them, shall I say, as a student, I guess as a yoga student and then a psychotherapy, I started as a client and myself. And I think both of them fascinated me so much that now I think finally making them my career choice. And yeah, it's all exciting. So this is what I do right now. Very interesting. So you're coming from finance. Um, what were you doing? What was your job? That sounds like a big job anyway. Yeah, I was working in financial services advisory and uh, particularly in the area of insolvency and receiverships, all that kind of stuff. And uh, it was really good too. So yeah, I'm a qualified accountant at the back of it all as well. <laughs> so I've done my ACCA and I actually enjoyed working in finance for five years. And then it was never like a bad job or anything like that. But I just felt like, I guess I was looking at the people who were in the area of the wellness and spreading the spreading the word about my body. And I guess as I was already interested in it myself, I just kind of felt like this is my calling a little bit, maybe more than finance. So yeah, this is how I ended up in here. Yeah. Very good. I think accounting comes in handy when you're self-employed anyway. So it's not yes. bad to have the skills. Yes, totally, totally. You you literally couldn't, uh, it, it couldn't be more useful. I really, really love the fact that I, I kind of have it now. And if I any anytime wanted to come back to it, it's always there. So yeah. Um, so how did you get, so you said you started as a student, of course, let's talk first about your psychotherapy experience. You started as a client and then what happened? How did you actually get to say, wow, this is what I want to do as a career or my, in my life? Mm-hmm. I guess that, that that's where the story begins. So that was at the end of my financial career and all the things kind of fell into one place together as I've just given the birth to my first child and I came back to work and COVID had just hit. And I've also have graduated uh, as a yoga teacher during my pregnancy. So then it was a period of life where I was kind of trying to put it all together. It's like being a mother, being a yoga teacher, being a finance worker, just looking after myself and the family, we also moved the house, I think. And eventually there was a point where it got too much. And when it got too much, uh, it sort of started dropping 
in all areas of my life, health and relationships and everything. And as no review, I basically couldn't get pregnant again for the second child. And I lost my periods completely. And I was feeling all of those things like burned out, tiredness. And from that, often feeling irritated, not really being present in my relationship with both my husband and my daughter, who was back then, if, if I'm right, was one and a half years old, so really little. And she used to spend lots of like time in daycare and stuff. And I just felt like I wasn't present for any of that. And first of all, for myself. And I think I started slowly slowly, slowly trying to find my way home and to bring my health back. And it was all the very little bits. But then they led me to a big decision to quit my job. And it wasn't even like a finance fault. I just wanted some time off to get back to myself. And when I quit my job, the first ever thing I've done, I remember I booked my therapy session with this particular therapist who is still my main therapist and my main mentor until right now. And it's just been life-changing. I, I now forget it was the 12th of April, 2021, my first ever session with her. And my inquiry at that time was uh, polycystic ovaries and my inability to get pregnant. And would you believe it or not, I had just a massively transformational experience. And in about 20 days time, my period came back. And since then, it's been like a clock, 20 day cycle from there on every month on month. And I, of course, I don't want to, I don't want to take out all the other bits like quitting the job, obviously being a bit more relaxed and all this kind of stuff, but also and eating kind of healthily, doing a little bit of yoga and stuff. But it's I could I could just feel it in my heart that it's a therapy that really started shifting things big. And since then, yeah, it's just been uh, it's just been like a snowball, and it kept going and just being so interested and fascinated by what it can do, what it does to me, what it does to people around me. I been going to one one therapist and also was a part of some group therapist projects and yeah and, and from there on I just uh, I just fell in love with it and at some point my mentor started um, her academy where she began to teach people to do what she does and this is how I joined this whole psychotherapy um, career I guess yeah psychotherapy world. Amazing. A lot of information there. And uh, so interesting um, what you said about your period stopping and then how that became better and then punctual with um, with some sessions you after some sessions you had. But it's so interesting how those things are connected. I'd love to know about that. And what what actually is psychotherapy? So what what happens um, in a session, when do you go? Um, I, I know absolutely nothing about it, except if I Google it, but in your words and how would you explain psychotherapy to know, to someone who's never heard about it? Right. I. It's actually very similar to, I think, what you preach, because it's basically the connection between your mind and your body. And the psychotherapy that I went to and that I specialize in right now is called integrative psychology but also and also psychosomatics and psychosomatics if you're translating it from latin it's basically the same thing it's like body which is psyche is body and then soma will be oh sorry psyche is the mind and then soma will be the body basically it's like a scientific um background to the mind and body connection and what it uh, and, and it's a discipline and basically focuses on various interactions between the body systems and the mind systems and how those two um, can influence one another and through psychotherapy and through the sessions that I conduct now basically what we do is I try to connect during a session with the subconscious part of the mind of the client and we are working on that level to find out the original sort of source of the problem that had, that the client has brought to the session. But basically, in psychosomatics, we believe that any body symptom and any behavioral pattern, any anything you can see out here, basically, or, or even kind of like a slightly poisonous emotion and any like all emotions are normal we know right but it's poisonous to you if it bothers you so like any emotion that bothers you has kickstarted somewhere in the mind because somewhere normally when you're a child an event happens where you would have felt unsafe and at that point in time you did not have skills abilities or capacity even to protect yourself and perhaps the 
adults, the significant adults, we call them in psychotherapy that were next to you, weren't there to do it for you. And therefore, your body then had to kick in and to come up with some sort of protection mechanism to keep you safe from what is happening. And this creates a pattern. And when it happens time after time after time, your body remembers it and takes it for a norm, for takes it for a norm. And then this is the reaction that sticks with you for years and years and years. And that can then trigger different emotions in uh, various situations where you might be put at, you know, or you might find yourself at uh, during your life. Yeah, so in psychotherapy, we would basically unwind this whole, kind of like ball back to where it started. And at that point, you then have a power to re um, reprogram. It's like reprogramming a computer. Yeah, rewrite the story. story. Yeah, rewrite the story, exactly. It's literally like if your mind was a, a um, program, what do you call it? Like a software for computer. Yeah, so it's like your mind, your subconscious mind is a software for the computer. And through psychotherapy sessions, you have a chance to go back in time, almost reprogram it. And then during the therapy, which is a very safe space, to throw the person back into the situations that used to say trigger them, um, trigger certain reactions to them, or put them against their diagnosis that they brought to a therapy and see how they feel then. And surely it, it's changed after the session. And sometimes it takes just one session. Sometimes it takes a few to really shift the state of your mind or body, but it, but it does work. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so much there. Um, I'll go back to your personal experience. Um, how exactly did that, so what was the mind's role and what happened, I mean, what caused your um, your uh, period to stop um, that issue with trying to conceive? Um, as you said, your job was not the main issue, but you were having um, quite a few problems with at home with the relationships at home as well. Um, so what was the mind's fault? How did you unravel that? Right. It's actually a really good question because it's been now two and a half years ago. And in that particular case, I wouldn't remember every single detail about it, but the whole point of it was is that when we went back in time, is that somewhere when I was little, so it didn't start when I was kind of older age, it always starts somewhere in the very beginning. Somewhere there, I have decided that basically being a girl isn't exactly a safe thing. And it's it's something like that. It, it comes from different situations, from interactions of my parents, from what I have seen in the society, from uh, from always patriarchy. I come from quite patriarchal kind of society because I come from Russia, and it's kind of it's kind of like a little bit safer, or more almost more prestigious being a man. Mm-hmm. Yes, I don't know if you know. I'm I'm Romanian. Oh, I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> so I understand. Um, I know Russia is not Eastern Europe, but I understand like my mom is coming from a Russian background as well. So her parents um, and then my dad is Romanian. But yeah, Romania is, was and still is very patriarch- patriarchal and um yeah, it's not particularly, it, I didn't see that growing up either. So I can totally relate to that Um. Yeah. feeling unsafe as a woman mm-hmm. yeah and actually while you were talking i remembered the second side of that story because it was quite a long therapy at that time i remember and the second part of it was that for for whatever reason uh my mind has decided that but basically in the very first relationship i've ever had which was around like like a serious relationship i've ever had which was around say 19 20 years old i was playing a role of a mother i don't know if you heard about it like in the relationship we can kind of be on the same eye level we call it as in like i'm adult here and you're an adult and we are forming a an equal kind of respectful relationship but you can equally enter any relationship with a friend or with a partner or even with your child and even with your parents in the role of someone else and in that particular relationship, and as I said, I don't exactly remember what, like why. Something from my childhood basically triggered me to enter that first relationship with a man in a position of a mother. And of course, it's like the it's like the shall we say like environment around you or the space around you falls into the place to provide the perfect circumstances for that because then that boyfriend had a really controlling mother. 
And then my psyche, basically, my like mind starts playing like mind games with that mother. It's almost like we are competing for that boy as if as if we are two mothers. So she wants him back and she was really jealous of him having a girlfriend. And I tried to win him back to me. And the poor boy, oh my God, like <laughs> I didn't even know. <laughs> it felt like it's all his fault, but obviously it was not. And anyway, anyway, I think once we explored the situation and during the therapy, you give everyone's role back to them. So like mother rules goes to mother, like he's just a man. And obviously I am, if I am becoming his mother in that relationship, I see him as a child. So during the therapy, we would unwind all that, make sure that like, say he's a man and I'm done in the relationship as a woman. And that then, that perspective will be taken again during the therapy to your current relationship. And then, you know, um, and, and then it will be working here. And I think, yeah, sorry, coming back to the periods, uh, the, why I didn't have the period is because if I am a mother of that guy, then I would be around like a climax age at that, then. And if you are some somewhere on psychological level decided that you are mothering in this relationship, then you immediately give yourself those extra years. You know, mind in your mind subconsciously, you give yourself those extra years, and obviously, then your body responds to this, and your body then can do things like stopping your period and things like that, and plus. And plus, obviously, that whole point of not being safe as a woman and stuff and not genuinely feeling, I guess, comfortable in that relationship um, would be starting to keeping keeping me away from having kids, if you, if you see what I mean. And then, and then when you enter other relationships, the patterns can continue. That's why you, that's why you probably know how people who get divorced in a couple of years they end up in another relationship. They often get divorced again, and they often get divorced again. And same, some people can never find a relationship because they enter a relationship, something happens, then they don't have a relationship again, and the story can continue. So for some people, they break the story, but for some people, for many, many, many years and even decades, the stories can be repeating themselves, and it's just because you carry this certain program in your brain. That is stopping you from basically being happy or like, you know, having children or things like that. And by the way, the end of my story was that after periods came back, I got pregnant in like four months. So I now have two kids. Yeah. Oh, that's a happy story. Um, very, wow. Uh, so interesting how the stories from your past and your past experiences can actually affect the body's natural responses like it's such a physical thing were there any other because I because I don't know you, you said you went straight to a therapy session but did you um my my personal thought would be so my periods have stopped the first thing I'm going to a GP and finding out what's going on in that type of way so trying to treat the physical trying to treat the body so would you have gone through all that and it hadn't worked and then gone to a therapy or you kind of like had this awareness and went like okay let me see what's going on in my mind mm. I think it's, it's a really good question because I think many people would be asking this question isn't like well, how do you even end up in a psychotherapy you know room when you say you don't have a period I did go to GP but and I think I went for one blood test and I got my results back. But then the way that particular, I guess, doctor or I don't remember, like doctor nurse wanted to treat it. I think they just told me to take the, what do you call them? Like, you know, those little kind of vitamins or pills to help you conceive. Like Oh, um, no, I'm not aware of, uh, of that. But would it's so you went to the GP for being able to conceive, not for periods being stopped. Well, but it's all the same story because I was basically, yeah. the, the reason I was worried about my periods the most is that we wanted to have a second child and we were trying. And then if my period wasn't there, I knew I wasn't going to get the second pregnancy going. So I went there. I must say my story with, I guess, GP and the whole traditional medicine was very short because I, back then I was already aware of all the psychosomatics, but I haven't got properly into it. And now actually, as you asked me this question, I, I recall a memory that I went to one therapy, just like one of consultation back in maybe 2019 with a completely different issue. Back then I was just really, really jealous of my husband, like so jealous that it was actually making my life really uncomfortable and his life very uncomfortable. And I took that to therapy and that got relieved pretty quickly. And then I kind of left it there. And then the work and life happened, you know, and the, and the first kid and stuff. And then, and then suddenly, 
And then suddenly my uh, policies recoveries with always like no period kind of came back. As in like they were probably always there, but like for some reason it's intensified. And uh, yeah, brought me to the to the therapy seat then. But yeah, because I was already aware of those methods, I think I it, it was a bit of both. I had more belief in this, I think, for whatever reason than in traditional medicine because I've read lots of stories and it, for whatever reason, felt safer to me because... Maybe it's always like avoiding the needles and avoiding always like doctor appointments and stuff. For whatever reason, it felt to me like a more gentle approach to help my body to do what it needs to do and what I wanted it to do. And also, I was so, so curious. I think I came across this therapist maybe while I was trying to come up with, you know, this whole kind of solution for my situation like do I quit the job do I not what do I even do where do I even start and I was reading her maybe for a month before I booked the consultation and and reading her cases I was like it sounds like it works for other people why wouldn't it work for me at least I want to give it a try so I was reading lots of stories for her helping people get pregnant or say they had uh, some other any, any symptom really in the body and she would help them like an allergy allergy of their own so like people allergies or allergies to their kids anything like that so psychosomatics i think is so huge that so many different issues can be addressed through it that yeah it just it, i i was mind blown by then and i wanted to try it on me I'm mind blown by that right now. So basically the first thing we do, this is so interesting because that's what I do as well. Although I know all this, you know, of course I'm not, I'm not specializing or, or know that much about um, mind body as, as from my qualifications. But um, although I know that there is something there, there, it has a huge impact. I always just try, um, let's say, I have, I have some problems with my digestive digestion and I'm looking at, I know I have to reduce stress, no problem. But first of all, I'm trying herbal teas. I'm going to the GP. I'm getting all my blood tests. I'm trying to see if I have any allergies and so on. So I am exhausting all those uh, ways of finding out what's wrong with me <laughs> before going to a therapist and being like, what's wrong with my mind? Which is so interest interesting because why don't we do that? Why don't we go straight to let me see what's in my mind? Yeah. And, and you know, the, the, the funny thing is, I guess, often people think for some reason and I find it and from what you just said, I can hear that too, is that it's almost like you need to choose between one or another. But what kind of stops you from just doing both, right? Like you could be trying like say herbal teas and go to GP and do the blood test, but at the same time also start working on your mind. And I think that's why that's probably how you created this podcast because it's all so close to one another, right? Like mind and body and you could, totally could. And I would say should and must, but like it's my opinion, obviously, uh, to do it all together because this is where I see it's like a killer combo or actually it's not a killer, it's more like get back alive combo because it's, it's just works so well when you combine the two. Yeah. Oh my God, I got chills. That That's so incredible and such a huge wake up call and realizing that that we we spend so much time on one side without um barely barely touching the other side while we could be doing everything together we could be taking care of our minds and our bodies at the same time um very very interesting um so after you did the training um did you do that so that you can understand more about it like sometimes we come into it just to have a deeper understanding of why it works and how it works yeah, you or do you it. think, okay, I want to do this as a career? No, you no, you totally guessed it, totally guessed it. Uh, both yoga teaching and uh, the psycho, uh, psychotherapy, I got the same way because I wanted to go deeper into myself. I knew that there's a huge potential for me to grow, for me to, um, again, heal if there's anything else to heal, you know, for me to get stronger, um, more confident and more what were they more free shall I say like more free into in my life relationship decision making and stuff like that so I just went for that purpose but then yeah as I, I I I'm just that kind of person Anna that if I start something and I'm interested it just somehow sucks me in and I'm and I'm happy to be sucked by it as well that's happened this happened with yoga and this happened with psychotherapy if I'm in awe of something and I see it work then I'm just like, yeah, yeah, take me, take me. So this is what it was. Yeah, I came for myself. But then as soon as uh, it was a brilliant program for that way too, because 
you come to sort your own things and you totally do that. But at the same time, my mentor was giving the tools while because she was demonstrating the tools on us. It was a tiny little group. They call it a psychodynamic space. It's where the very small group of people comes. And the person who is a leader, which is my therapist in this case, she is so experienced normally to do something like that, that she would almost know how to interact with each particular person in it and how to make people interact between themselves and what order them to put like how they speak and how they work for this whole kind of group to get the most benefit out of it and that's why i think she while she was leading that um every every session would have like a demonstration therapy at the end so after we discuss in theory and after she gives a sort of like an algorithm of how she would sort this out she would give a demonstration of one of the members of the group on this course and after about day two or three i was like but what what like i have the methods now i can see them working and then she would make us practice on one another and we would see them work and we would see ourselves being able to do this and i was like but why not like i just want to help more people and i had this urge i remember to want to bring it out there because i was like no not everybody knows about it i just want to be able to share yeah Incredible. Yeah, I didn't know about it. And I can't wait to uh, read all about it. I'm going to take all your details and everything at the end. And um, you mentioned mentioned yoga once or twice. And this is actually how we met. We're on the yoga group. Um, mm-hmm. How did you get into teaching yoga? And that was, of course, before you 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 mentioned it was before your psychotherapy course. Yes, that was before. um there was never a plan. We just went on a honeymoon and there was a little yoga. It was in Maldives and they had a little yoga hut on the beach. And I mean, apart from doing all this, like lots of eating and lots of swimming and whatever, relaxing, I just thought, why not do something else too? Like didn't want to go to gym, but yoga sounded quite tempting. So I went and it was my first proper, I think, interaction with yoga where I sort of fell in love with it. And even then, when I came back to Dublin, it took me a while to actually go to the yoga studio. But once I started, and it was the Camden, you know, the yoga hub at the, at the Camden Street. That was my first, and you know, since the favorite yoga studio. Um, yeah, I just fell in love with it. I guess meeting all the teachers and feeling the vibe. And uh, eventually, I think it wasn't even a full year since I started practicing regularly. My husband was, was on the newsletter of Yoga Hub, and he saw the teacher training advert on it. And he was like, I don't know, but I just have a feeling like you'd be really interested in this. And I was like, oh, yeah, I couldn't even, you know, I didn't even consider it before he said it. But once he said it, I couldn't look back. And he was like, I give it to you for Christmas. Like, this is your Christmas present. I was like, oh, my God, this is so good. Yeah. So this is how I got into yoga today. And and yeah, I went for me, of course, not to teach. I went for me because I wanted to deepen my practice, to just work on us, the asanas, to know more about the um, other side of yoga, which is, you know, the philosophy, all this all these other bits of it because you know by by just going to a studio it's all great but you only experience some of it i wanted to deepen my experience and knowledge i guess that's why yeah that's why i went to yoga teacher training that's why i did it as well of course like that's how we get into (laughs) it we we get a taste of it i'd say in a yoga class perhaps you do a one-to-one or see and then you're left with that um i want to know more and then the thing is you do a teacher training and then you come home and you're like, oh, my God, I know nothing. I have to learn so much more. <laughs> so it's like it's a constant, constant need for knowing in yoga, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. That's absolutely true. Yes. And that's and, and that's why, actually, you know, I, I don't know how it fits in in our podcast today, but um, that's where the imposter syndrome comes from, because you kind of like, oh, my God, I know nothing. And they expect me to like teach, but at the same time, you really want to share because you almost feel like you you do know a bit more than maybe other people do, and you also have this great passion, so you want to like pour it out there. But then you're also a bit scared, and I think this is where it's so important to like start teaching, start the therapy, start the podcast, because like it's it's at that point where you have this ball of energy within you, and you're like, I just got to give it out somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My business mentor, um, um. I'll leave her name at the end, Vicky Schilling. Um, she always says that imposter syndrome is actually a sign that you are qualified, that you care, that you know more than people who are out there putting stuff out there as if they're the experts in everything. 
and they don't have the imposter syndrome and they're happy to to share whatever they know as an expert. And they're so confident and they put their foot down and it's like, no, this is the only way of doing it. Well, us, if we have the imposter syndrome, it means that we care for what our students get, for our clients get, for what people out here are getting and are happy to say, I've so much more to learn. I don't know. I don't have the answers to everything. I'm going to find out and come back. And we keep doing a million trainings, don't we? And we keep going back to learning more and more and more because we have that imposter syndrome. So it's. I think it, not getting rid of the imposter syndrome is it's just managing it. And as you said, there's always someone who knows less than you and wants to learn from you the way you present uh, that information. Yeah, yeah, actually, <laughs> I really couldn't wait to jump in to say managing it with the therapy is a great way of doing it too. There's literally the whole like, algorithm I have specifically for people who experience imposter syndrome and can't put themselves out there. And it's like just one hour session and you're just good to go. It's It's amazing. Like there are various things I say when I say psychotherapy, I guess I don't mean I only do psychosomatics. There are so many different things that I'm happy working with. And this would be one of them. So, yeah, I can totally relate. And I also kind of been on the other side of it where I have helped people to overcome it. Yeah. And another funny thing, I know Vicky Shirin personally, but I follow her on Instagram. So, yeah, that's really good to know. She's your mentor. Really, really, really a good person to know. Um, So, yeah, definitely get in touch. and. um and everybody listening who needs a business mentor, especially I know a few self-employed people, a few of uh, of our yoga teacher friends, Pilates teachers, all of us in the in the well-being um, world are listening to the podcast. So um, she's a very good person to know and work with, definitely. And she's I, I don't think I would have had this podcast. She actually has a training on how to start a podcast on her website, on her platform, sorry, that I'm part of. Anyway, we'll talk about that separately oh, wow. because I don't want us to go too far yeah. from the subject. Um, so um, how do, then, fantastic. So you've done your teacher training because you wanted to know more about this yourself. You became a teacher and then you're like, oh, actually, I can spread all this goodness with other people and help other people. And then you went further and did your psychotherapist training. How did the two interact with each other have you found any similarities any places where they actually you know um, meet and or how different they are of course I know how different in terms of like one is an ancient spiritual practice the other one is science uh, but anything you found interesting by doing both yeah yes absolutely that's a really good question and there are two things that jump into my mind straight away um First of all, being that I believe that doing both at the same time, like combining yoga in your life, you know, like putting basically yoga into your lifestyle and going to the therapist is really, really powerful because one helps, uh, like one practice would help you to get better in another. You know how in yoga we develop a deeper awareness and how we learn a lot about ourselves in a way that how do I react to the challenges? How open am I to say trying a new variation of asana? How generally how open am I generally to like trying a new teacher, uh, trying a new style? And just when you practice yoga, you can learn a huge deal about yourselves. And then that knowledge, if you pay attention and if you sort of you know kind of write a note somewhere in your mind about you you can take that to your therapy practice and if you know from yoga for example that when it gets hard you tend to immediately back down this is going to happen in, in therapies too because what yoga and therapy have in, in common is that they both take you to a very uncomfortable place or not very but a reasonably uncomfortable place maybe more uncomfortable in therapy than in yoga to then deliver the beliefs at the end and to the, the 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 more you i think persist and stay focused and committed through the process the more reward you're going to get in the end and it's totally totally works in the therapies too and how many times i can't count i see clients come and they say they tell me they really want results and they really want to work but once it gets hard and it's not their fault by no means the mind starts jumping out it's just like it does not want to be there. If you've been in your subconscious, then the second you start feeling those feelings, uh, 
your brain starts coming up with the chats or just talking a bit too much. And you just know in yoga, it's exactly the same, right? You might be in a good place. Something challenges come up, challenging comes up, and then your mind just goes, oh, get me out of here and all this kind of stuff. And then, and then that's then your choice to, you know, persist or to get yourself back out. And I think, as I said, the result um, from like what you get from both really depends on um, how you're able to navigate through the challenges and genuinely to know your particular way of reacting to discomfort, to new things, to um, completely new experiences and new people as well. Because it's both of them is building relationships. Yoga builds relationships with yourself. You also build relationships with a teacher and you also have other people around you. And same in therapy. It's a lot about being in a relationship with yourself, but also with the therapist. Because when, you when you're there, it's an ability to trust, ability to feel safe, to be guided and stuff like that. And then another thing, which I think applies to both yoga and therapy, the beginner's mind can do wonders for both. You know, Han Yoga, we always say, just, just keep this beginner's mind because you can never get the most perfect and all the asanas. Like, there's always something to learn. There's always uh, somewhere you can dig deeper, you can go deeper, you know, you can deepen your practice or you can add another kind of level to your breath work or something. Like, there's always somewhere to progress. And same in the therapy. I think if you keep beginner's mind and stay open-minded, then you can get so much more out of it. When you don't really have expectations of how it's going to go, you don't really have a pre-prepared answers where you literally trust and you let go of all of these things that you know about therapy and you just stay as open as you can and with an open mind approach every question that's been asked to you or every feeling that's arose, you know, rising during therapy. And that, and that just, yeah, that's just going to bring you to the, to, to the best results. I love that uh, connection um, between how how fast people leave, <laughs> whether it's therapy or yoga, when they experience discomfort. And I've and I know um, when I started Yin Yoga in particular, which is a style of yoga where you hold the poses for three to five minutes, you're putting pre uh, stress, a good stress, on your joints, on your ligaments, and in especially if you're quite stiff person that discomfort comes in really quickly and all your mind does is scream at you, get out, get out, get out, you're going to hurt yourself. And I am assuming, and I know that that is just the mind trying to keep us safe, but growth is on the other side of that discomfort. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Totally agree. And actually, I forgot to mention another thing, my dream almost, as in, I, I think there is something else that... Um, it's, it's not just the, because I, I kind of mentioned, I focused on the mind connection between yoga and therapy, but also the body. You know how we, we say it a lot in yoga, say like tight hips means you hold onto certain emotions and stuff. And obviously when you um, work on your body, you release a portion of that through yoga, right? And then when you come to therapy, it comes a little bit easier to you than to bring those emotions up or you just even experienced less discomfort from feeling them, stuff like that. And same in the therapy, when you work through certain feelings, emotions, and reactions, then you take yourself back to your yoga studio. You might find that your practice changed a little. Is it even improved or you just, you you know, you develop the stamina. And that's why I think my dream is one day to make up a, some sort of a program or product. I don't even know what it is that that is basically a combination of two where the person just comes and says like, look, I just want to heal. I just want to feel healthy, happy, free in my body and in my mind. And I could maybe or with some other people or by myself, take them on this journey of working with your mind at the same time with your body. And if I say, if I knew that he, he or she is holding on to specifically anger or, um, is like you know really easily being offended by other people then i would like say bring it into the again like more focus on the hips during the yoga and you can really really you know map it together i i do think i need a little bit more qualifications to do that and like always have only knowledge and from both um uh, from both uh, points of view like from yoga perspective and from the therapy and like just medical perspective but generally i think it's a kind of an idea in the making dream in the making 
Oh, that sounds incredible. Uh, sign me up. <laughs> sign me up for that because, and I, and again, coming back to that imposter syndrome, I think you have it. I think you have the qualifications to do both as a yoga teacher and psychotherapist. Um, you just need to, as you said, have that client in mind that would would enjoy that. Um, happy to test it out for you. I love that thing about um, how we say in yoga and stress, is in your hips or if you have very tight hips um you're quite stressed or the other way around and i know now there's a connection in between your jaw and your hips as well and of course if you're stressed if you're under pressure you tighten your jaw um so tell me a little bit about that how how does that uh, come up in your work what do you see good question even yesterday I, I had a client yesterday, I did a session for them, and she had really, really tight jaw. I could just tell when she talks to me, she tells me the story, I could just tell something wasn't there. And during the therapy, uh, we, we went back to, yes, we, we found that anger, it was obviously an anger she was holding on to from a very little age, because just in her family, it wasn't okay to cry and to scream. And then your body basically reacts to that response to this by basically saying I can't I can't be screaming I can't be crying and then every anger and basically just my emotions aren't okay and then all the angers from the age of like four or five until like 34 she was she would be building up building up building up and then her, her joy is super clenched and then during the therapy um, when we found the source of it and we worked for it a little bit, I made her scream. I often ask people if it's something to do with anger and stuff to get the pillow, to, you know, block him off with the pillow and to do proper scream. And for some people, it takes about half an hour to actually do it, which is what kind of happened. Eventually, she did it and she screamed and she cried and she released and she came back out there from behind the pillow and her jaw did not look like that anymore. It really didn't. And then she kind of massaged it without even me telling her to do anything. She massaged her jaw and she's saying like, I don't know how you do this, but it just does not feel the same anymore. An interesting thing she was saying that her son starts doing this too. And our children often mirror us in everything we kind of do in our reaction. So obviously he felt the same. And I said, like, observe your son because that might improve too because he might now feel safer with his emotions and stuff. And then if we bring it back to yoga room, I often actually do these funny things that look funny. I don't think they're funny. I ask people to pull their ears by the top tips up to open their jaw as as much as they can. Yes. And then start wiggling the jaw left and right, left and right, whilst pulling your ears. Oh, yeah, exactly. You're doing really well. Yes. And then That's I... That's hilarious. Yes. And then I do tell them to pay attention to their hips as well because it's all related, as you said. And during the therapy, actually, I told that girl to... Once she was screaming and crying to observe how her pelvic floor was reacting, was it maybe even opening up in a way like, you know, you can feel that sensation of it opening up. Because what you ideally want if you have something stuck in you is to let it out through all of the, you know, holes and spaces that you have in your body kind of thing in a way. And yeah, that that that's how I, I don't know if that answered your question, but this is, I guess, how I bring it to what I do. Absolutely answered my question in, in such interesting way. And I was doing the exercise just by the way, so saying there I was doing the jaw. My jaw is very tight. I clench my, clench, my um, clench, is that the word? That's the word. My teeth at night. I usually wear an eye guard. I've lost it and I need to get one back. But I have realized my hips being tighter since. It's so, so interesting. And of course, going back to having that self-reflection moment, um, of noticing things in the body and saying, wait, let me let me have a think of what's going on in my life. Am I stressed? Um, is there anything in particular that is upsetting for me right now? And um, to have that moment of sit down, talk to yourself, isn't it? Um, and then if that doesn't work, <laughs> go talk to a therapist because it's always much better. Yes, yes, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, Anna. I, I totally agree. Um, amazing. Wow. I have so many. So where do you see yourself a few years from now? As you said, you want that amazing um, product that brings them all together. What else? Oh, Anna, what a question. What a question. It's one of those things that definitely feels a little bit shaky to even say it. But like, yeah, if, if it's my wildest dreams, I do see myself as a wellness expert. Um, and wellness, I guess wellness is a very broad term. For me, it would be focused on... Um, 
body and mind for yoga and therapists. And uh, I'd be I'd be doing what I just said, as in like providing people with this kind of complex approach to address their health and well-being, but also really see myself speaking somewhere, so sharing knowledge to the public, be it an Instagram, be it some speaking at events, be it even coming out to um, kind of groups of people, say corporates or, you know, other kind of events and basically translating my yeah values and all of those things that I know my knowledge and values and skills into the world to help people just feel better about themselves and just be happier. Because at the end of the day, I always say it, the, well, I guess the, 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 the goal of yoga in a way would be to bring yourself back to you, you know, to back to your real self and just to connect. And the, the goal of therapy is similar, but also it's like trying to make yourself as free as possible from all the limiting beliefs and um, any sort of limitations, physical or mental, that are holding you back from basically living your dream life. And I guess my goal is grand scheme to live my dream life and help people to live their dream lives. And I believe that these two practices are just phenomenal for for, for achieving that goal. It's working for me Very so nice. far. <laughs> very good that's a beautiful goal um helping people it's always like it's that it's what we get into this for honestly it's like why we do this in the first place and sometimes we forget that because we of course are running a business at the same time um and it's a job um but mainly we're looking at helping people if you were to um let's say bust some myths about psychotherapy and um, things that people would just think about that are wrong. So some some true or false about psychotherapy and why everybody should um, have session. Right. Yes. There are a few good ones. Let's see how many I can remember on the spot. Uh, I think it's definitely a myth that you have to have a therapy every week if you even decide to commit to therapy. For example, therapists that I do, I wouldn't even take a person every week because they're deep, they're transformative, they last about two hours. So generally speaking, you I think a big myth that you have to commit to it as like nearly like a second job. You really don't even do it. For at least the, the therapists that I do, even doing one a month, is absolutely fantastic. Well, for a year, is going to get you to a, such a different place in a year's time. It's incredible. Yeah, so that's a myth number one. You don't have to do it weekly. You don't have to make it like a second job. Um, number two, many people, I think, think of psychotherapy as just like chatting. Like I come to a room and we're just going to chat, chat, chat and bounce off some thoughts. And then, and I, I I think, again, from, from my experience of psychotherapy, it, it really isn't it. It's really almost like a lot deeper than that. It's it's a psycho, it's like a neuroplasticity and they call, even call it like psycho neuroimmunology is where you literally, by working with your brain, can improve your like immune system and you just yeah, make your body healthy. So yeah, that's number one. It's not just chat. Or number two, it's not just chatting. Um, number three, I had it in my head just now. It's also what I would think is that that's incredibly expensive. Oh, yes. Okay. So, but I think I would say I'm not expensive yet for sure. <laughs> I, I, I was going to say it. I wasn't sure how much of a, how much of it, a, a real myth it is. I'd say definitely not. Because like, look at it from point of view that if you only had one session a month, and for example, I'm, I know I'm only at the start of my journey, but I only charge a hundred per session. Like, if you really wanted to improve your health and well-being, like, wouldn't you pay a hundred a month for that? Like, because it, if it really makes a difference and it is and it gives good results, like, I think you would. It's basically a price of, you know, going out once or twice. Well, these these days probably once, you know. So I'd say yes. I'd say it can be expensive, but it doesn't have to. It doesn't have to be hugely expensive. Um, and that was definitely something else good. I really wanted to share about it. Um, but I can't remember. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's that's yeah. perfectly okay. Oh, um, as well, sorry. That, there's another good one. Is that it doesn't have to be. They call it like um, it doesn't have to be a hook. You don't have to stay with it forever. You can come. You can do the work. You can see how you get on. And if you feel like then you want to come and just live your life with what you've got, 
this is this is what I would support. So I would never want to become like a drug for someone as a psychotherapist. I would never want someone to come to me and keep going for like four, five, six years just for the sake of going. I'd much rather them come, do some quality work, open up, be result-driven, get their results, and then I'd much rather leave them to leave leave them go and let them live their own life with what they've just discovered about themselves. That would be a lot more powerful than staying on like a, you know, like a, like a drug for years and years and years. That's a really good one because I didn't know that. I mean, I didn't know that you can just do what you need, like do a session here, a session there, see how you see how you feel. You go back with these tools into your daily life and then and then decide if you do it more or not. So that's a really, really interesting one. Um, wow. Thank you so much. <laughs> There's well, so much information you. You. there. Um, last thing, um, where can people find you? Right. Well, so far, really easy to find me on Instagram. Um, literally, if, if my name is going to be on a podcast, I'm literally at Lisa.Castle, which is my first name and my second name and they can just dm me i also have some links in the, my bio that will take you to my whatsapp or to my telegram and this is how we can book a session or book a one-to-one yoga or even do this complex you know this complex approach which is uh, my dream which now many people are going to find out which is always feels a bit scary but also really exciting so yeah this is basically yeah how to find me and i am based in Dunleary so far but i think it's important to mention i do my therapies now online so we don't even have to come to any room and stuff. So I do them all on uh, Zoom or FaceTime or things like that or whatever is convenient, Google Meets. And uh, yoga, so far I'm teaching Yoga Hub, but I'm also really open and I think I will start soon teaching online and maybe even creating a course or something. Let's see. <laughs> That's it. That's it. As I said, sign me up. <laughs> Thank you so much, Lisa. It was a, such a pleasure to uh, chat with you. And I'm going to go back and reflect on all of this and listen back to all this goodness um, that uh, you've shared with us. Thank you so much and chat to you soon. Thank you, Anna. Yeah, thank you. It's been an honor. It's been a true pleasure. And yeah, thank you for having me. And I hope to see you soon. Chat soon. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you're enjoying the podcast, please give it a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify.